0: happy wednesday technically female tribe it's jasmine here for yet another episode of the technically female podcast hope everyone is having a great week this week we have katie iverson um on the episode uh for our podcast this week katie how are you
1: i'm doing well today jasmine how are you
0: doing good doing good making it through can't believe we're almost done with the year It's wild. Yeah, (laughs) it's so wild. Yeah. Um. So I'm super excited to have you, um, on our podcast on the podcast today. Um. Tell us a little bit about who you are and your STEM journey. I just want to hear all about it.
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, I'm Katie Iverson. I've been working for an energy developer developer in renewable energy for a little over a year. Before that, I worked for four years at the Energy Regulator in the West, Um, so that's kind of my career. My STEM journey sort of began when I was a lot younger, of course, in grade school. I was really good at math, Um, but I wasn't better at math than the other subjects. I was more like well-rounded, like I liked English, and I liked math, and I liked science, and I, it wasn't a clear decision for me at a young age gotcha. what I wanted to go into. Um, so that all sort of changed when I got into high school and I took my first calculus course <laughs> my junior year. Um, it just all of a sudden everything in the world made sense to me gotcha. after learning about how the equations was were sort of married into science Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I understood my science courses were up to that time Mm -hmm. I was not I didn't have that level of understanding so I felt like all of a sudden a big world opened to me and that's when I got into um doing engineering after my junior year I took an electrical engineering course at the university and after that, I just kept going until I got my my undergraduate degree.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. So you actually uh, were taking uh, engineering classes at a university while you were in high school then, because that wasn't something that was available at your high school, I'm um, understanding?
1: Yeah. So I took um, an introductory course, and I also took the next calculus courses. It was like calculus three mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I took that in the evenings after high school too
0: gotcha gotcha yeah I know I talk about this all the time about um, electrical engineering specifically because you go to college and you know they ask you to you know pick which discipline of engineering you want to do but really you don't have a lot of exposure to a lot of the disciplines prior to college unless to your point you uh, are taking some college level courses outside of your high school curriculum so it's almost to feels like you're kind of getting set up as a college student because you pick a discipline, you know, if you decide engineering, but you really don't have a, a big clue of what that could potentially entail until you're kind of in the midst of it, and you're like, "Oh crap! I thought I wanted to do this, but I didn't really have any early exposure to it." Um,
1: uh, before. Yeah, that's a good point. I I sort of cheated because my mom is in electrical engineering Ah. as well so I sort of had that guidance. Um, She actually wanted me to do bioengineering but (laughs) I I chose electrical so um, I I sort of had an idea but I think I looked into it and it was going to work as like a general if I decided to change my mind.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah it's funny because a lot of times your parents will encourage you to do something and it's always usually like hard now. Actually, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. I like to play the like opposite just, just to be the opposite. So I totally get that. Same thing. My whole family's finance and I'm the only engineer. So I'm the black sheep of the family, but I digress. Um, So not only do you have your bachelor's in electrical engineering, but you also have your master's in electrical engineering and you also have an MBA, like triple threat, like I mean, tech business—you have it all. And so, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what is the why behind each of these levels of degrees, and what did you hope to gain by interweaving your knowledge of engineering and business? Like, what made you take that path, and and why um, did you take, did you determine to take that path?
1: Yeah, um, like I said before, I it wasn't a clear choice for me to go into like math science, mm-hmm. so when I finished my undergraduate degree, I wanted to explore, you know, the business side. I liked writing. I liked legal things. Like, I wanted to explore that. So we had a combined program for a master's in electrical engineering and an MBA. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time, I graduated from the electrical engineering program really fast. So I was like three years out of high school. And I was like, well, might as well you know, see what else is out there. And while I'm at it, I'll just do a couple more engineering courses. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest reasons why I did that was because I felt, you know, like most females might feel that I wasn't going to be taken seriously if something came up that was, um, business related. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do the MBA. Cause like. If something came up related to management Mm -hmm. or finances, I didn't want to be told, like, well, you just have an engineering degree. You don't know, what, you don't understand this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so getting that piece of paper was kind of like, I do understand this. I have the education for this. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be, um, I wanted to have a bit of an edge, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I totally get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah same
0: thing for me actually so I did an EE and an MBA and everyone's like like a lot of times people get so confused by that they're like I don't understand like why would you do tech and then business and to your point like you never want to be out of a conversation um about a potential role or or about a manager role because they're like well you only she only understands tech right like she doesn't understand balance sheets she doesn't understand how the business operates or uh, operating costs, or operating expenses. She doesn't understand, like, the building blocks, fundamentals. So I think sometimes a lot of people think, oh, she got the MBA for the company. And it's very refreshing to hear that. You got the MBA for you. Um, It had nothing to do with everyone else, but just to kind of show your capacity to understand um, various things. I think that's something that's not really encouraged. Was that something that was encouraged to you to kind of get both or – what kind of was the defining factor? Where you're like, yeah, I need to get both engineering and MBA. Was there something? No, oh, nobody, nobody <laughs> encouraged
1: me to do that at yeah. the time. Um, I think it was just I was interested in how businesses are run, mm-hmm. and i I just wanted to know more about it. Yeah, and it was kind of an easy way for me to do that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I get that. And then, I mean, in engineering, you don't really get any exposure to business courses. Like, I'm even trying to think, I maybe took a communication class, like how to present, I guess I'll call it that, in public speaking. Maybe that's a better term. Public speaking class. Um, But outside of that, you don't really learn about that type of stuff. So even if you're an engineer and you want to start your own business, like, you're not really given those, that fundamental um, knowledge in school on, on how to make that happen with like entrepreneurship um, or anything yeah. like that, which is a uh, huge gap as we're talking this out loud. I'm thinking about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't learn anything about that stuff. Yeah. And electrical engineering in particular, not very many people did that. Combined program I was talking about with electrical engineering. Gotcha. Um, just because I think probably the type of people who tend to go towards electrical engineering mm-hmm. don't have that interest, but um, so I was one of like the only people who did that. But I think it was really um, super useful. A lot of it others might learn on the job as they advance through their career. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, but um, I thought I would be given those opportunities more quickly if Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. picked up the knowledge.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And too, like, no one can steal that from you. Like, no one can steal that piece of paper from you. Like, it's yours, it's written in stone, it's got your name on it hopefully spelled right, because I hate, I hate these short <laughs> stories. We're <laughs> like, yeah, I did all this work to get this <laughs> degree. I didn't even spell my name right. So, um, no, I, I totally get that. And so I want to shift a little bit and talk about, you mentioned that, you know, you're one of few in that program doing the E and MBA, but I also want to talk about being one of the few when it comes to being uh, a female. So being the token female in a classroom or a meeting room or even just a team in general, Uh, definitely can be an adjustment Um, and a lot of times it's really uncomfortable depending you know who you are um, and your comfort level and so what has your experience been like dealing with that uh, notion of being a token female and how did you how did you and how do you rise above it
1: yeah um it's definitely uncomfortable so for all the women or men out there just know it's Mm -hmm. definitely uncomfortable almost all the time um how I've like risen above it probably a couple different ways and things work with various types of people Mm -hmm. um when I first took my first engineering course my mom was like you need to go sit in the front so that (laughs) when you when you look behind you like, you won't look behind you and see all those guys, but if you sit in the back, you'll see that there's, like, a bunch of guys in front of you,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I was, like, I was, like, okay, mom, like, that's Mm -hmm. what I'll go do, because that's what she told me to do, Mm -hmm. but I actually found that it was easier for me to, like, you know, make alliances with various people, Mm -hmm. always guys, because there were never any, never any girls, but various people, you know, making friends with people, Mm -hmm. and then, sitting with them and studying with them Mm -hmm. and that's kind of um gone into my career as well Mm -hmm. you know there are people that you will be like you know that's a good guy like they they're funny you know Mm -hmm. it's fun to talk to them and that always makes me more comfortable so like in a meeting when one of those people who you know you can like kind of have jokes with and when they're present you will feel a lot more comfortable so if you're able to sort of socialize I mean you're different genders and like that that makes it so oftentimes you have different interests but Mm -hmm. you can always like find people that you can get along with and that really helps um the other thing is just to like not worry about what other people think so like I have my MBA and I have my master's, but there's so many times where, like, that will not, that will just be like invalid to somebody. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. well, you still don't know. Right. <laughs> and you just have to not care what other people are going to think mm-hmm. because what they're thinking about you is so often more of a reflection of themselves oh, than yeah. of, of you. <laughs> Yeah, especially, you know, I mean, certain types you can, that's just a big thing. So, like, just don't care what other people think mm-hmm. and do your best in every situation. Oh, yeah. I think that's the the number one thing that has helped me the most.
0: Oh, for sure. And knowing who you are, right? Like, knowing at the core, like, who you are, what your value is, what you bring to the table, and not allowing other people to kind of paint that story for you. Um, I I love that. That's a really good point. I think some other points you hit, (laughs) you what your mom was reminding me of was the learning tee when you're in school and they're like, okay, you either sit in the front row or you sit in the middle because they say if you're anywhere outside of that, you're going to fall asleep, um, or you're just not going to be paying attention. Um, and so it's interesting that your mom said sit in the front so that you don't see the, you know, the men in front of you. And then I love also the point you mentioned about like aligning yourself to your tribe, like. Knowing, like handpicking when you're in class, like people that you know you're going to study with, that you know you're going to do homework with, even if it is uh, initially uncomfortable because most of them may be males, like you need to have people on your team, right? Like you need to have people that support you, that you support, that's going to have your back in, in college and in, in the work uh, time uh, when you start working in your career because you want to have people that you know you can go to that will, you know, be there there for you um so I, yeah it's so important definitely yeah so important they don't teach you that stuff either like you you I feel <laughs> like I learned that like through the process I was like okay like after like a class or two I was like okay I'm in a rhythm like are these people's in the same class no I gotta pit, find new people and like but no one teaches you like to be successful like you can't do it alone like there's this preconceived notion of well you're just gonna to figure it out on your own and that's miserable like it's miserable in school it's miserable to try to do it on your own and work like You got to find people that you align to. And then also, I think finding common interests, right? Like it breaks the ice a little bit more when you're uncomfortable to like find something that may be common. So like for me, my go-to with men have always been sports. Like I love sports. Like I can talk to you about football till my face is blue and the sun is up and down every day um, because I, I love it. But like, I think finding that commonality or common ground, it could be food, right? It doesn't have to be sports, it could be food. It just could be like something that, you both find mutually interesting I think can kind of help break the ice at least that's what's worked for me has that been something that you you found that's worked for you
1: yeah definitely I'm trying to think of one of the ones that I use a lot um yeah it it is usually food (laughs) restaurants food? food um electrical engineering you know it'll also be like nerdy things um (laughs) you know like electric cars or solar panels or something Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. just things that only you and that other person would understand everyone else would probably like you're weird and it's like no it's really cool stuff if you (laughs) if you get into it and speaking of uh a little bit about electrical engineering renewable energy um that is a huge topic right now just in not just in the us but in other you know globally and climate change and all the things um as we know that they are actually existing um they're not a hoax um so that's getting a lot of attention and as well as like the positive impact that renewable energy has for us long term can you talk a little bit about your passion around renewable energy, like what it stems from and what you hope the future holds for renewable energy? And kind of give us a like a quick and dirty crash course, because some of the tribe may know a little bit about it, but probably most uh, just know it as a buzzword. So <laughs> I know it's something you're passionate about. Um, so can you let us in a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, um, I absolutely love renewable energy. And the main things right now: solar, wind, batteries, and a combination. Right, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like the crash course: solar panels, wind turbines, and batteries. Gotcha. Um, it's it's a really exciting industry. Like the people I've worked with are some of the most passionate and brilliant people that I've ever met. Because it's kind of like a, it feels kind of like a movement. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm that you're a part of. So like I used to work at the regulator and then switching to the renewable energy realm. It's like joining the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel, I feel really privileged to be there, but um, it's super interesting. It's definitely something that's, that's changing the way that energy world works. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, really awesome. It's hard to know where it's going to go in the future because mm-hmm. it, I don't think 10 years ago we could have predicted where we are now. Oh, so definitely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious to see what we come up with, ex- especially as like electric vehicles mm-hmm. become more of a thing, like everyone plugging them in, how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a vast amount of interesting stuff with that.
0: I bet. It's all cutting edge stuff, right? Like, I think that allows you, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know anything about renewable energy besides those three words you just said. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But like, it almost lets you use that uh, lever of like creativity, right? Like, because it's new, it's innovative, it's cutting edge. There's no real full answer to some of these problems, but it allows you to kind of like analyze these issues in a different way. Is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and it's also like a big teams thing. Like mm. kind of the whole the whole world and the whole industry working together to, you know, like harness the power of the sun and the wind is just it's incredible.
0: That's like mind boggling. Like when you just said that I'm like that's a lot of power, like not like no pun, not no pun intended, but like, <laughs> that's a lot of like power and responsibility. And how do you I know this is just uh, another part of that question, but how do you manage that? Like, do you feel pressure from kind of having that like accessibility to like uh, be exposed to those types of things that potentially like impact the world? Like, is that like excite you? Does it stress you out? Like, how do, how do you feel about that?
1: That's you know that's part of why I got my engineering degree is mm. I really wanted to do something that was going to be impactful positively to other people's lives, mm. which is why my mom was like, "You should do bioengineering <laughs> because you know you could you could be doing that, but the renewable energy space is sort of where I found that I was able to be feeling like I'm impacting mm-hmm. the future and and that that just feels good. Oh, I think yeah. that's a big reason why um, women in particular go into engineering or even other disciplines. It's just feeling like making a difference in the world.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it's it's that um, it's that like, as lack of better words, that heart feeling, that gut feeling, like you feel like the empathy, you feel like I'm really. I don't know. It's something like that beats in your heart like oh like i know i'm doing the right thing because i'm helping other people right and it gives you that pool and it also is one of those things where it's like oh i'm getting paid to do what i love right how many people really get to say i get paid to do what i love like it doesn't even feel like a job because it's what intrigues me what excites me what i'm passionate about um i'm able to bring positive impact that i can see for years and years and years or that my kids can see for years and years and years right like it's not just impacting my life, but it's the lives after me. Um, And that's a pretty, um, one, a powerful statement, but two, like probably very uh, humbling to like view and watch and see uh, the um, ebbs and flows of it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. But don't get me wrong. It's always, you know, I I think I had this conception that I'd get my engineering degree, and I would feel like I was, like, impacting the world right out of the gate. (laughs) It's still a job. (laughs) There are still ups and downs to the job, and that's something that I think I didn't understand as a younger person, that it was, there wasn't going to be any job out there that didn't feel like a job sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, like, there's always, like, politics to that statement, because it's, like, yeah, like I love what I do, but like there's also parts of my job that I'm not really a fan of, but I have to do it if I want to pay the bills or if I want to go on said trip or if I want to buy said like a pair of shoes. Like I got to do things I don't want to do because of how I want to live <laughs> and, what, <Yeah. laughs> and what that looks like. And speaking of, you know, how I want to live, um, <laughs> this is always a very interesting topic to me and I can't wait to get your your take on this, but quite often as women, we feel that in order to move forward um, in our professional lives, uh, we may have to put our personal lives on hold, right? It goes back to that, like, work-life balance, does it exist conversation. And can you talk a little bit about how this concept has affected you um, and your STEM journey and um, your journey to being a mom? Because I understand you're also a mom. So how do you balance that? Like, do you believe that's true, um, where you have to kind of pick one or the other professional versus personal life? um, and how has that affected your journey?
1: Yeah, um, when I was deciding about having my son, well, I wasn't deciding, he was a son, but when I was deciding (laughs) about having a child, Mm -hmm. I thought a lot about, you know, what's the right time? Mm -hmm. When am I, like, when can I have him that is going to impact my career the least? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I put a lot of, thought and energy into that and looking back on it hindsight is Mm -hmm. 2020 you can't predict what your career is going to do you can't predict the turns in your career and you can't predict the right time in your career Mm -hmm. to have a kid Mm -hmm. um looking back I just strongly feel like you'll never really know Mm -hmm. um so I had him when I was kind of in a developmental program at my last company and I, I like tried to time that I was going to have him before they chose to place me in a more permanent position and like Mm -hmm. all this silly stuff. (laughs) And honestly, it, I don't think it really mattered at all. (laughs) And for, (laughs) for work-life balance and like career and having a family, um, you are so much more than your career. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm your life has so many more aspects to it than just your job, your career, your degrees. And, you know, you, you need to live that part of your life. And if it's having a family, then that's something that you should do. And it's unfortunate that it can sometimes feel like it's a career versus family situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, in the end, you're more than your career. Mm -hmm. And you have to sometimes prioritize that over your career. Sometimes you prioritize your career. But, I mean, it's just something that you can do both. Mm -hmm. And I think you can do both. And you always think having a kid and introducing, like, a new baby into this situation is going to be so stressful for me. (laughs) And it's just... It's really surprising how as a human you're able to adapt to those challenges. That's true. Um you just you don't even realize it, but you are able to adapt and it's not easy. That yeah. is that is for certain, but it it is doable. Mm. And so, I mean, I think that's mostly what I have to say about that. If you're if anyone listening to this is wondering about when is the right time have a child in my career, there's no way for you to know.
0: <laughs> can't be a part of your, your project plan, right? Like <laughs> can't, can't create a Gantt chart for that. can't create a timeline. Like it's going to happen when it's going to happen, but being prepared with knowing like to your point, what's important to you at that moment. Right. And not, not pushing yourself away from it because you feel like, Oh, well, although this is important to me, like, so is this. And just making that decision um, of, of, what makes the most sense for you. And something else you said really resonated with me. Uh, That was so good, Um, just thinking about that. I don't, I can't, I lost it, sorry. I lost it, but it it was really timely because I think there is a lot of pressure as a woman to say, okay, which one do you want? Okay, this year I want professional. All right, next year I want personal. But if I take a year off for personal, like, can I bounce back professionally? And I feel like this conversation isn't something that a lot of men have to deal with. Some may, but uh, a lot of them probably don't. And it's just I was talking to someone kind of about this and they're like, yeah, I have way more respect for women because just seeing it on my own team where I had a female who, you know, may have like went out for whatever and then came back and then like didn't lose her job but like kind of lost her 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 placing because it was like okay we had someone like covered for you while you were gone and you almost feel you could can kind of feel lost yeah, dependent yeah
1: definitely coming back from um maternity leave or or any kind of leave like that especially when you're coming back and you your life is essentially very different than it was when you left mm-hmm. is a little bit shocking.
0: I bet. I I bet. So yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. as like knowing what's best for you, making the best decision for you and, and prioritizing it and not feeling like, well, it's not in my plan. Um, because sometimes the things that aren't in your plan tend to make your life a 100 times better, even more than you ever would imagine right but if you kind of stick to oh well it's not like exactly what I wanted so like no it's got to stick in this kind of cookie cutter box um you may miss out on something really awesome so I'm glad that you um prioritize that in your life because now you have I'm sure a really awesome son
1: (laughs) yeah and you have to remind yourself too that like you don't owe your life to your employer
0: Mm. and
1: I think sometimes we get a little confused about that like we think too much about our job and our career Mm -hmm. and we don't owe postponing having these things outside our job Mm. to our employer
0: yeah
1: it's a it's a really strange sort of um dynamic that I see a lot but it's just something that shouldn't be Let's see <laughs> oh yeah
0: no for sure like ugh, that loyalty thing or in your quotes loyalty is a is a big big topic honestly that could be a whole another conversation, but I won't keep you for another three hours no just kidding <laughs> well this is really awesome I appreciate um you Katie for providing uh, perspective on your journey and what's important in finding your passion and how you rise above uh, being the token female. And so at the end of every episode, I ask my guests to provide a word to the wise, which can be a word, a statement, a poem, a quote, whatever you uh, desire, um, just something to leave uh, to empower the tribe for this week. So Katie, what is your word to the wise?
1: My word to the wise for everyone to keep in mind this week is you do you. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Three words, you do you.
0: (laughs) I love it. It's funny, my friends and I are like, you do you boo, do you boo. Like it's all on you. Now I love that. And I think that kind of goes around the premise of like, I'm assuming and correct me, like be yourself, like you can only control you.
1: Yep. And focus on what's right for you. Mm -hmm. And advocate for what's right for you.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, love it. Such a great, such a great message. So simple. Sometimes the simple messages are the best, um, I think. <laughs>
1: yep. Everyone can remember those three words.
0: I know. If you can't remember anything, remember you do you, but I appreciate um, you, Katie, for taking the time to be a guest on Technically Female a podcast this week, Tribe. Um, if there is an interest in being a, uh, Podcast guest, uh, feel free to email technically female at gmail.com. Otherwise, you know what to do. Share this demonism.